Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Pfizer is changing the name of their vaccine to Comirnaty. Yeah. Kamirnati is a combination of the terms COVID-19, mRNA, community, and immunity. Let's see how that's going for everyone. The vaccine has been known as the Pfizer vaccine and will now be marketed as Comirnati. 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 Well, I guess we'll, we'll figure out how they're going to pronounce that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one anchor was like, formerly known as the Pfizer vaccine. I pronounce it come here, Nazi. Oh, speaking of uh, the Wuhan lab fever, old Dr. Fauci, who, <laughs> who exactly nobody wants to hear from Dr. Fauci at this point. Mrs. Fauci doesn't want to hear from Dr. Fauci. Well, he's saying we, we, we might uh, return to some level of normalcy in the spring of next year if we could get everybody vaccinated. So I saw that headline. Uh, I saw that headline had the same reaction as you. And I, what show was he on or wherever he was on? But I thought, is there anyone in America that if they heard uh, next, we'll ask Dr. Fauci about when the pandemic will be over. Is there a single human being on America? People way on the left, way on the right, in the middle. That want to hear from Dr. Fauci. Fauci! Or think that any predictions from anybody mean anything. Yeah, yeah, so true. And he was on Andy Cooper correcting himself because he'd said it uh, the, the previous morning or something that we'd be Whatever. back to normalcy by the fall. Who cares? Yeah, Just exactly. shut up. This was supposed to be over a year and a half ago. Uh, six weeks to flatten the curve, or whatever it was. What is, yeah. Wasn't it two weeks to flatten the curve? I don't remember. It was re- it was all, it was a lot less than what we've done. Yeah, I was just reading an article uh, about uh, Australia's current struggles. They had vowed zero COVID. They were going to defeat it, vanquish it from their shores, and and never look back. And as an island continent, you know, they had a better chance than about anybody would, I suppose. But uh, they now have many, 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 many cases. And and there is uh, a debate going on. I know you're not that into Australian politics. Believe me, I'm going to make a point eventually. But there's a huge rift going on, a debate about whether they should keep going for zero COVID or just learn to live with it, get everybody vaccinated that wants to get vaccinated. Vaccinated. It's not going anywhere. We certainly don't know what the track of this thing is going to be. And what's particularly interesting about that is the super liberal Australian politicians want to just lock everything down, lock everybody down and go for zero COVID. Whereas, to my mind, the much more realistic, moderate politicians in Australia are saying, look, let's be realistic about this. We, we can't lock people down. We can't keep the kids out of school. We, we shouldn't have little kids wearing masks. This is just now part of humankind. Maybe it goes away next year on its own. We don't know. So they had to take a break from arguing about koala rights to, uh, to get into that conversation. I assume that's what they mostly talk about. Kangaroos, yeah. <laughs> um, I had another COVID, Australia. I don't know. You flush the yeah. toilets, they spin the other direction. I was talking to my kids about that the other day. That's a good one. That is just crazy. My son uh, said that's on his bucket list of things to see, is uh, flushing the toilet and seeing it spin the other direction. You know, I've said it more than once. You know what's at the top of my bucket list? 
Owning a really good bucket. Like a good shiny with a sturdy handle. Yeah, yeah, two gallons or so. I don't know. Anyway, we got this email that I thought was great from Jake in uh, Virginia. Uh, speaking of uh, Fauci and the Wuhan lab fever. Uh, now listen, boys. <laughs> Do we have a clip of when he says that four times in a row? Because it's so great and over-the-top and ridiculous. I almost miss the repetitiveness of it. Because his commitment is amazing. We ought to have the heavy metal version of that ready, too. Can you grab that? That was just so good. It bears playing again. But anyway, Jake in uh, Virginia uh, said, Now listen, boys. Uh, my four-year-old twins started preschool this week. I reside in one of our nation's fine blue college towns, and thus policies that have been implemented during the pandemic here usually tend to shade toward the cautious, as we were just discussing. For whatever reason, from Australia to, to Virginia, it's, it's consistent. As a result of this, four-year-olds have to wear masks all day. New York Times just published an article, yeah, masks on kids doesn't seem to do any good. And uh, Oh, really? Anyway. The yeah, park. although Outdoors. that'll change again in three days. Oh, did we haven't mentioned Oregon just passed a law, mask mandate outdoors in Oregon. They have an outdoors mask mandate the governor uh, signed yesterday. Yeah, I think it's if you're in any sort of uh, crowded setting, but uh, I don't know. Again, Still. super liberal politician. Yeah, and as I mentioned over the weekend at the park, every single human, I counted them, there were 35, uh, every, except for one other dude, and me, we're wearing masks. Little kids from one years old up to like 15, and uh, every single human wearing a mask. I went and home and got a mask for at a, a park. I went and got a mask for Henry because I thought, you know, you want to play with kids. I don't want people running in fear, so you might as well put on a mask. And over in my neck of the woods, which is, you know, if there were a, a direct route, it would take like. 25 minutes to drive uh nobody's wearing any freaking masks outside if you did people would think you're strange (laughs) that's because it is strange and and utterly unscientifically supported anyway back to uh jake's uh, email so his four-year-old twins having to wear masks at uh, the preschool except when they're outside playing which they're going to do as much as possible which is wonderful and not when they're eating obviously and not during nap time and he writes now i'm not an epidemiologist but it's my opinion that the masks are useless in this setting since they're not being worn during ma- nap time even if the masks were effective for children this small and they're probably not the fact that they don't wear them while napping negates any effectiveness they do have. It's kind of like sitting still most of the day, except for those occasional hour-long strolls through an active minefield. To give you another data point, an acquaintance of ours had her kids in a similar preschool situation, i.e. masked and distancing, whatever the frig that means when you're talking about preschoolers. And within two weeks, every kid in the class had tested positive for the virus. Very few of them showed symptoms, and of course, none of them required hospitalization. Given all that we know about the virus and the data points we have, the only reason that I can think of at this point to explain the masking of four-year-old science is TDS, uh, Trump derangement syndrome. Trump was periodically, occasionally anti-mask, so the people who make the rules are pro-mask, even if it means defying the science. I think there's a lot to that. It's a political statement. It's not a scientific statement. It's not a statement about the disease or your fears. It's a political statement. Um, I'm on this side. You're on that side. Uh, I I wish I'd have hung on to it. There was a great Twitter thread yesterday from somebody who attended a restaurant in San Francisco, and it was a whole bunch of tweets about the whole process. Oh, from outside yeah, to inside. I have that. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll grab that. Yeah. Yeah. About, uh, you know, about how you, you wear a mask walking in the door, you sit down, you take it off, then you put it on to go to the bathroom, <laughs> walking by people without masks because they're eating, you know, that whole thing. And it's just, all right. It, it's, and it reminded me of, because the kids, okay, you got to wear a mask, except during nap time. So they get a half hour to breathe without masks, which means the rest of the day wearing the masks is completely pointless. Not that yeah. it made any difference anyway. You know, I'll get it's back so to the email crazy. in a second. Oh, I like this tweet from a Billy fellow. Two weeks to slow the spread, except we just need to make sure hospitals aren't overwhelmed. But we have to wait until we get a vaccine. Except, JK, even when we get a vaccine, we'll continue to implement unscientific restrictions that experts said were useless even before a vaccine. And there it is. Outdoor mask requirements for Oregon. Love that. Well said. Um, and then uh, back to the email, which uh, I think is fairly clever. Jake says, here's my idea. You need to get that Trump impersonator who made the positive Sean tribute um, to do a bit where he tells people that something is obviously good, that is indeed good. Then see how the Trump derangement syndrome infected denizens of the Internet go about trying to criticize his position. One example might be that Trump has a strong affection for kittens, or that orange juice is delicious and provides lots of good nutrition. Then watch the blue checkmark Twitter Taliban go around slitting kitten throats and breaking orange juice bottles in the aisles of your local <laughs> supermarket. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, do I have that string? Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, okay. A picture of the COVID-19 pandemic, San Francisco, California. August 2021. It's been 18 months. I'm still alive. I'm vaxxed. Everyone I know is vaxxed. I didn't get sick. I don't know anyone who got sick. I go to a restaurant. I have to prove I'm vaxxed. I go from the host stand to my table wearing a mask. The room is full of vaxxed people. They're sitting down, so they're not wearing masks. I sit down, so it's okay to take off my mask. Have to pee. I get up to go to the bathroom. I have to put on my mask. I return to the table. It's okay to take off the mask again. The server comes by to take my order. If he's not vaxxed, he gets fired, despite a labor shortage. Thus, he is vaxxed. Everyone is seated at the moment, so he is the only person in the room wearing a mask. (laughs) Two hours later... It's time to go. I have to wear a mask to the door. I leave the restaurant. I take off the mask. I pass a couple outdoors waiting to get into the restaurant. They are vaxxed, but they are masked. I chit-chat with friends for a bit and then say goodnight. I walk by the restaurant window and see the couple from earlier sitting at their table. They are now unmasked. We look like crazy people. We look like (laughs) crazy people. That's brilliant. Boutros, well done. It's true. And how come nobody ever says anything? God, when I was at the Mel's Diner a couple of weeks ago, and we did that whole thing, oh, yeah, that's right, we got to get masks, had to get them back out of the car, so we could wear them standing there waiting for 30 seconds for the person with the menu to walk you to your booth, which is 10 feet away, and you sit down and take your mask off. I mean, it just we look like crazy people. And how come nobody's raising their hand and saying, this is crazy? You just went from there to there. It's like 10 feet. What What? What are we doing? I wish there was some way that the authorities had to be present everywhere where poor, beleaguered uh, greeters at the restaurant were enforcing their bizarre and inexplicable mandates. Because I'm not going to yell at some 19-year-old girl no, 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 no. who's making no, you know 14 bucks an hour. 
No, they're doing it because they're worried that, well, because their boss told them to and you don't want to get fired. And their boss is doing it because the county said if we come by and people aren't wearing masks when they walk in the door, we're going to give you a fine. So that's what drives it all. But the fact that there aren't more people saying this is crazy and putting a stop to it is just, I, I now understand the Salem witch trials way more than I ever did before. And people just go along with nonsense. This is like witchcraft magic stuff, you realize, acting like the COVID is a danger there, but not there. And I'm pointing 10 feet away from where I was pointing before. Or that an airborne respiratory virus can be blocked by a piece of plexiglass between me and you, except that the other, like, 75 feet of this storefront are unplexiglassed and the droplets are floating around like crazy. Come on. We've got to learn to live with this biatch. If you want to get the vax, get the vax and live your life the way you want to live it. Uh, Trump said some funnies at a rally the other day. He might be uh, making a bit of a comeback in terms of uh, consciousness. I don't know. Uh, Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Condolences to the Stones. This will be a huge blow to them because Charlie was a rock. Fantastic drummer. Steady as a rock. Love you, Charlie. I always loved you. Beautiful man. Great condolences and sympathies to his family. That's Paul McCartney. He was in a band uh, called the, the Beatles. They uh, um, were existed uh, with the Rolling Stones uh, for a while. Yes. So talking about the drummer of the uh, the Rolling Stones died, and I was doing a little reading about it yesterday because I was killing time at the emergency room with my son. Um, and it seemed pretty clear to me, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of your older stars of any kind, their whole being a star thing was a long time ago. I mean, they still are them, and they were a star, but that has so little influence on their lives at this point. I mean, I was reading about the, this, the drummer for the Rolling Stones, Charlie Watson, you know, the things that he does and his wife and they do. The Being a drummer for the Rolling Stones doesn't seem like it has played a major role in his life for quite some time. Oh, yeah. He shows up when needed, uh, plays a number of gigs, gets paid enormously, and then goes back to... You know, doing design work and collecting art and working for charities or whatever. Yeah. But if you're, but if you're an, an aging movie star, rock star, whatever you are, the being you part of your life was a long time ago. Now you're just like other people with interesting stories and a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. You play tennis with your buddies and or get together for bridge once a week or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fame is silly. Uh, Donald Trump uh, may be the most famous person in the history of the globe. Uh, he is uh, doing some more of his uh, stand-up comedy tours slash uh, political uh, speeches. I kind of enjoyed some of the things he said the other day. Clip 31, Michael. Let me ask you, do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. (laughs) Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to s***, okay? 
I'll tell you what, you know, I do, he's got a lot more baggage than he had in 2016, obviously. But still, he goes around saying things that the vast majority of people agree with. Yep. That woke thing, I got to believe it's at least two-thirds, if not more like 80% of America. Smiles or cheers at that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's carries, his, like I said, he carries so much baggage, there's like half of America that won't listen to a word he says, but... In terms of agreeing with everything woke turns to S, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about 80, 85% of America agrees with that. We could either rush through the rest of our clips or we could just hold off and do it after the break. No, we just got a minute left. We don't even have time for that. Um, I just, I think Trump is just, he loves crowds. He loves cracking them up. He loves the adoration. There's no way he runs again, but he will not admit that until the last possible second. In fact, it could be like the day before the election. In 2024, assuming he's still kicking. And he says, I'm considering asking people to write in my name. I haven't decided yet. It is um, it is amazing how irrelevant these people become the second they announce they're not running. Remember Al Gore? Everybody thought he would run again. And the second he went on 60 Minutes and said he's not running, boom. You're, nobody cares what you think anymore. He had to reinvent himself as a global warming crusader. But nobody thinks about you at all once you you're out of the race. Yeah, so Trump, who's a great brander, um, is is keeping his brand hot, I think. But who knows? I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I think it's Trump-Biden, too. Let's get it on. Oh, stop it. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke turns to sh. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it is. There's it no is. reason to craft a complicated word salad about it. That, and lots, most of America agrees that. Guarantee you, a, a majority of America. I mean, that's without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's quite a bit. By the way, we got this text. I'm your most left listener, and I see no way Biden runs again. Oh, no. It has, it has nothing to do with left or right. It has to do with actuarial tables. It has to do with the calendar. <laughs> the guy's already in the early to mid states of, of dementia. So, no, there's no chance in hell. We're eight months into his presidency. Eight months. Out of yeah. four years. Yeah. You know, I I had been willing to wager large sums of money that he would serve two years in a day. Now, I don't think he will make it. I would be willing to bet uh, fairly significant sums that he does not make it to two years in a day. Why does he I have think, to go to two years in a day? Uh, so Kamala could serve out the rest of his term and then run twice. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I think that's overthinking it. For well, her. well, yes, you're she's not a, going to be you're not going to be a, a 10 year president, Kamala Harris. You're never going to be president. Come and on, you're certainly man. Gonna, you know, only if Joe Biden steps down, would you end up president? You are not going to be a 10 year president. So I wouldn't try to be too crafty in trying to figure out how to get eight into 10 because you're never going to get elected president. Not a freaking chance. I once heard it said that somebody had a charisma bypass operation, and uh, Kamala certainly answers to that description. She is utterly without appeal to anyone. Her own parents wouldn't vote for her. 
The Democratic Party keeping Biden around for two years and a day so that she could be president for 10 years is like me buying a pair of shoes to wear in the NBA if I end up there. I mean, it's <laughs> right, just yeah. what? Yeah, forget it. Just forget it. So uh, getting back to the, the former guy, Donald Trump, the hotelier, um, the guy from The Apprentice, uh, he was, he's been making the rounds, making a couple speeches. Uh, clip 34 got a lot of attention. Go ahead. I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got no, that's OK. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. If it doesn't work, you'll be the first to know. OK, I'll call up Alabama. I'll say, hey, you know what? But it is working. Do we You're a Trump- Trumper. <laughs> You're not Trumpy enough. <laughs> you like the vaccine. Oh, do we have that Trump imitator clip? Hand? And maybe he talks a little too much. It's a little too much docky dog with positive Sean. It ruins the show. <laughs> that is so good. So good. Sounds so much like Trump. Well, a huge Trump honk Alex Jones evidently went crazy on his show the other day. Do we want to play the long version of it? I really don't want to give him that much of our airtime. Yeah, that seems uh-huh. like a lot. Yeah, give us 36, Michael. He got lied to, Trump. He didn't have 98% efficacy we knew day one it wouldn't work period it's a fraud it'll create mutants you got chumped you got signed on to a fraud to restart the economy i understand why you did it you believe in science except these are bad actors sir you believed america could produce a good vaccine of course they could have they didn't want to they didn't create a vaccine they created a frankenshot shame on you trump seriously hey if you don't have the good sense to save yourself your political career that's okay at least you're gonna get some good republicans elected and, you know, we like you, but my God, maybe you're not that bright. Maybe Trump's actually a dumbass. Well, when you've lost Alex Jones, you've lost America. Yeah, have you? God, it's disturbing no. to me how much money that guy makes and how many people who would take him seriously. So we probably ought to update you on kind of what has happened in the last 24 hours. Um, we, we evacuated 12,000 people out of Kabul yesterday. That's a total of about 70,000. The State Department says 4,000 Americans of those 70,000, or of those 70,000, 4,000 were Americans. All estimates are there are between 12 and 15,000 Americans in Afghanistan, so four are out, somewhere between eight and, uh, and 11,000 are stranded. Uh, wow, that's a Jen. big number. That's a big number. I'd say. Somewhere between eight and 11,000 Americans are still there. Uh, Joe Biden has told the State Department he wants a number today as to how many Americans are still there. Yesterday on the State Department website, briefly, there was a sentence on there that said, uh, those of you who wish to stay uh, okay uh, are fine, and those of you who wish to go need to uh, to find a way out today, or we will not be able to get you out. And that was there for like 30 minutes, and then it got taken down. So what could uh, what could depress you more than to realize they're still floundering so much? They make crazy statements on the official government website and then change it in thirty minutes. I mean that's just flailing. And the family that's huddled in their basement, hiding from the Taliban, reading that and saying, "If we choose to stay," right? Throwing out that as if uh, so. I guess they're trying to convince people that. In America or somewhere that there there although there are thousands of people that just choose to say they uh, they don't mind having their heads cut off and their their daughters raped so they're cool with that they're going to take their chances uh, is there anybody that's willing to stay well right and that, that uh, in an unspoken way perpetuates the lie that oh, 
we have not heard any reports of the Taliban uh, harassing Americans. Uh, we expect them to live up to their agreements. Which is one of the most hollow and horrifyingly ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. Joe Biden starts the day by announcing he's going to give an update, and then he shows up, f- and what time he'll do it. He shows up five hours late to come out and speak to America with no explanation at any point during those five hours. Also flailing. I mean, how do you, all presidents are 15, 20 minutes, half hour late. How are you five hours late without explaining what the hell is going on? I apologize for that. And then when he does come out, he talks about the new infrastructure package for like 10 minutes and gives a couple of minutes to the uh, the whole Afghanistan thing in which, oh, yeah, that's right. So he talked to the G7 in the morning and said, we are going to stick to the August 31st deadline, even though some of the G7 said that ain't good. We need to get our people out. And if you leave, we have to leave because you're the big dog and we can't be there if you're not there. Um, so they were trying to encourage him. No, we got to get out. And then he comes out and gives his speech and says, we have contingency plans to stay past August 31st. So nobody exactly knows what the strategy is. On right. That. Right. Yeah. Just just floundering. Everybody, including from his own party, Adam Schiff and others in his own party are saying there's no way we get everybody out by August 31st. I mean, that's just a completely ridiculous, undoable date. So, so his own either, party is saying it. either the Taliban is just maneuvering us into a, a situation where they'll make us an offer we can't refuse to stay another week or what have you, or they're serious and there is about to be enormous violence and bloodshed, and the Biden administration will refer to the last week, uh, these last several days, as the good old days. When, when the hell is unleashed or when, you know, uh, Americans are paraded out, executed in public and, and the videos put on the Internet, because that could absolutely happen and before too long. Anyway, Did you read grim. the story about that uh, soccer star that fell from the plane last week? Yeah, I did. So sad. And how his brother was trying to tell him not to do that. But he said, oh, I got to give it a whirl. What? Man, I don't understand how much you understand about physics. You are not going to be able to hold on to the landing gear of that plane through a international flight. No, they just, uh, he's a kid, he didn't understand science, and some of the adults didn't either, but I mean, if you're not crushed by the retraction of the gear, and you don't lose consciousness and fall to your death because of the thinness of the air, you're just going to get blown off. Or freeze. By the rushing air, yeah, or freeze, that's a good one too, yeah. Hey, one thing we need to at least bring you up to date on is that a dude was pulled over in Southern California uh, the other day with hundreds of stolen recall election ballots. He had bags full of hundreds of them. Do you think that's the first time anybody's ever figured out how to do that or uh, ever uh, distributed ballots or filled out extra ballots? Or I don't think it is. I think it's unlikely that capability was just discovered, just developed in time for this recall election in California. Hmm. So we'll bring you up to speed on that. Mike Lindell on it? Uh, I don't think he was. No, his fingerprints are nowhere on. I have seen no my pillows no, uh, tied into he's the looking story. into it. Oh, is he on it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I would have to ask him. You would have to ask him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll have that for you. Let's see. There was also something else I was hot to trot. Oh, more information about hospitals not disclosing their prices. They're just defying the law. That's, Crazy. Well, they realize that we're going to be very unhappy when we find this out, so I can understand why they're doing it. Yeah, that's a good story if you haven't heard it. Our text line, by the way, 415-295-KFTC. 
Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Following the full approval of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine, the company revealed it would start marketing the drug under the name Comirnaty. So now people will start referring to the Pfizer vaccine as the Pfizer vaccine. It's too late for a rebrand. This is like when your friend comes back from vacation and is like, uh, actually, everyone calls me Turbo now. No, they don't. <laughs> you're Andrew and you're still kind of lame. <laughs> you know, that's a decent point. We are just going to call it the Pfizer vaccine. That's that's a pretty good point. I'm not calling it Comirna or whatever the heck it is. Comirnity? <laughs> no, everybody calls me Turbo. On vacation, everybody called me Turbo, so I'm Turbo that, now. That reminds Sorry. me of uh, Craig, the healthcare guru, and I were at a, uh, a meat store, a butcher shop, getting some meat. And uh, and he knew the people there, the proprietor and the gal working in the register. He goes, uh, oh, and this is my friend Joe, but he goes by Rocket. <laughs> Which is really a hilarious <laughs> thing to lay on somebody. <laughs> oh, my That's God. Funny. How big a dish would you have to be to go by either Turbo or Rocket? Yeah. Uh, so in the couple of minutes we have uh, for this segment, a couple of things you really need to know. First of all, a California man was, a rep- was arrested in possession of 300 Plus, mail-in votes, uh, mail-in ballots for the upcoming gubernatorial recall election. He also had a guns and drugs with him. Uh, but he was sleeping in his car at the Torrance, California, 7-Eleven, said the, uh, the hey, cop there. Are, things are going well in your life when you're sleeping in your car at the 7-E. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In, oh inside the vehicle, <laughs> the officers found a loaded handgun, gun, some narcotics. They found a bunch of mail and what turned out turned out to be over three hundred election ballots in the, in the back seat of the vehicle. Well, uh, if you box, if you see a guy snoozing in his car at the Seven Eleven, guaranteed there's at least a felony being committed. There is something going on in his life that isn't good. <laughs> Yes, true, and I think everybody agrees, but I think the pivotal point here is the hundreds of ballots that this guy somehow got hold of. Yeah, that's Uh, kind of interesting because I don't usually see mass attempts at mass voter fraud being the world of, you know, drugs, guns guy. I usually see it as being, you know, a little more white collar sophisticated, don't you? Yeah, I think you you hire somebody like that to do the actual thieving or the burglary or whatever it takes to get the ballots. But uh, the cops didn't know how the man acquired the ballots. You'd think maybe they would ask him, but ah, unfortunately, he's been released on his own recognizance. This is a guy who's obviously involved in massive vote fraud, which will undermine the entire fabric of our civilization, and the cops just let him go. You know what he was? He was like the hitman that Tiger King hired, and he's on his way to do something, and he just like got tired at the Seven Eleven and got distracted and just never pulled off the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, you would Hemingway, think you would want to nail that down. Mark Hemingway tweeted, and I like this. So we can't say there are many more things such as this occurring, but that's the whole game with mail-in ballots. You create conditions where fraud can occur. You have minimal to no security. And if anyone complains, you say there's no fraud or it's an isolated incident. 
I would agree completely. The massive, massive distribution of mail-in ballots is an open invitation to fraud. It's unbelievable. And then speaking of fraud, theft, etc., um, you Man, that story work. really stinks. I hope people look into that more. I, I would think between guns, drugs, and ballots, you can hold on to the guy for a while. Yeah, no kidding. Well, California's decriminalized crime, as you know, Jack. L.A. County, like uh, San Francisco County and other places, have now openly communist uh, DAs who, who believe that crime is only a... Uh, a symptom of the patriarchy and white supremacy and the clash between the uh, the classes or something like that. A bunch of Marxist crazy people. But anyway, uh, speaking of theft, uh, Craig, the healthcare guru, uh, speaking of him, we talked about this a couple of years ago during the Trump administration. Trump pushed these transparency laws for hospitals that they would have to disclose what you're being charged for various procedures. And, you know, maybe you're familiar with this, that if you go to uh, a hospital in Houston to deliver a baby, you'll pay $18,000. If you go to Dallas, you'll pay $32,000. If you go to Beaumont, Texas, you'll pay 12000 That sort of disparity exists. But even within a single institution, there are enormous differences in cost depending on what your insurance plan is or if you have insurance at all. And this year, the federal government ordered hospitals to begin publishing the complete list of prices they negotiated with private insurers. Now, the industry's trade association called the rule unconstitutional, said it would undermine competitive negotiations. A bunch of hospital associations jointly sued the government to block this rule. They lost. They appealed. They lost again. Seven months later, many hospitals are simply ignoring the requirement they've posted nothing. And if you ask them why, they say, yeah, we're working on it. And they will say that for the next 50 years unless there's some enforcement mechanism. Right. Um, but it's crazy. And some of these examples, I think, are, uh, are worth mentioning. Uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center. A colonoscopy costs fourteen hundred bucks with a Cigna plan, twenty one hundred bucks with an Aetna plan, seven hundred and eighty dollars with no insurance at all. Wow! So it's it's uh, what is that? That's four and a half times. It's crazy. No, that's not. It's it's triple. It's about triple. Um, scrolling down, pregnancy test. What could be more basic? Hospital at the University of Pennsylvania. It'll cost you eighteen bucks if you're with Blue Cross. 58 bucks for Blue Cross HMO patients and $93 for Blue Cross PPO patients and $10 with no insurance at all. So either Whoa. 10 or 93. Whoa. And again, it's it's top secret. You don't know until you get the bill. Uh, Aurora St. Luke's in Milwaukee. MRI costs United enrollees 1000 United PP that's United's HMO plan I should say. United's PPO plan it'll cost you 4000, either 1100 or $4000. And and a lot of people, myself included, are in fairly high deductible plans, their health savings accounts where you pay up to X amount, but there's no way for me to know in advance whether it's going to cost me 1000, 4000 or if I could go across town or God, even the same place and say, I don't have any insurance, none. You can't make me, you can't, you know, like shake me down or beat me up until I produce an insurance card. I'm just going to say I'm uninsured. I'm here to pay cash and it'll cost me 700 instead of the 4,000 that I would be go so graciously uh, granted the right to pay through my insurance company. You know, 
was at the ER all day yesterday, and uh, me of all people, because we've talked about this so many times, I didn't pay any attention to things. And how many times did they say, hey, would you like another pudding? And we got like four puddings. I can't wait to see what the bill is for those puddings at the ER. I might have been spending $30 right. a shot for a 75-cent pudding. Yeah, yeah. And one more point they make that uh, is a good one and applies to us is a lot of big companies are actually self-insured. They pay the claims themselves. They just hire an insurance company to administer the claims, to do the paperwork, etc. And, and they the don't blame. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And those insurance companies don't give a flying F whether your MRI costs you 1000 or 4000 because they're not paying it. So Correct. their uh, efforts to negotiate great prices for you are really weak. And and again, for for most of us, we never spend beyond our, our big deductible. Nope. Or we don't spend much beyond it. So that's on us. That bill is. Yeah. Sucks. Yep. And I don't expect it to get better. We just get further down the road to socialized medicine. Yeah, well, then, as uh, Steve Brill put it in his book, A Bitter Pill, the government is absent where it is needed most in the healthcare industry in the United States, and it is up to its neck where it shouldn't be at all. I'll, uh, I'll figure out what it costs me to be at the ER when, I'm, when I get the bill, and I'll share that on the air, because I imagine it's going to be uh, something. I think we got a ambulance ride today, and I know those are really expensive. Oh, boy. Armstrong and Getty.